Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. Or other people, you know, other people say, well, 153 fish, you know, that was a conventional 153. <laughs> Everyone uh, talked about there's that. There's always a factoid for <laughs> whatever, whatever doesn't make sense in the narrative you're reading. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just step outside the narrative for a minute. I'm like, I forgot I'll something. I'll fix that problem. I'll fix this problem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sand off the edges and the peg will fit right <laughs> in this hole with no problem. That. Yeah, I just throw the box away. Hey, this doesn't always look like the picture on the box. <laughs> the picture. Don't, Don't start hem me picture. in. <laughs> Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I'm Robert Wallace. And I am Michael McKeever. And these are the readings for October the 13th, 2019, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, proper 23 of year C. Yeah. So. <laughs> in, case you, in case you're triangulating. Uh, how to get all of those those things in there. Date. Uh, hope that you will like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Uh, for any updates we might have, like, you know, when the podcast might be late or, uh, <laughs> or when the podcast is nothing but white noise. Yeah. Uh, we th- so. I thought we thought that was a criticism initially. <laughs> we figured out it was a technical problem. Right. We're right. very upfront about our limitations culturally and yes. what, what we bring to the table. So that was the text you sent back to me and then you posted it. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was that was a weird. It's it's nice to know people actually do listen. I mean, you oh. know, because if the thing had been up for a week and no one had told me that, I would my feelings might have been hurt. But to, yeah. oh yeah, listen listen to the podcast. It's oh, white really? noise. How far did you listen into the podcast? Is it all white noise? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So uh, so the other option is for us to release a podcast to help you sleep at night. You just put that on and, and let it go. <laughs> That's um, true. It helps get you there. But uh, we have four readings uh, this week. Uh, we're doing the consecutive readings. So Jeremiah 29, verse 1 and 4 through 7, which I will confess right now, my favorite verses in the book of Jeremiah. Oh. Um, without question, the best verses in Jeremiah. See what I can do uh, about that. Psalm, <laughs> Psalm 66, verses 1 to 12. Second uh, Timothy 2, verses 8 to 15. And a passage you say you really like in Luke, Luke 17, well, 11 to 19. I was just intrigued by it as I was reading today. I've always been intrigued by it, but... but and you said it might so. generate some interesting conversation, maybe, and I'll see maybe. what I can do about that. It just, yeah, so. it's, it, it uh, might have, yeah. So, well, uh, I'm still, I think, physically on Pacific time, though I'm trying to live mm. now in Eastern time after a, a trip we just got back. Uh, it, was, it was a great trip. I, I updated you a little bit before the podcast, but... Uh, it was a, a good time that was had by all. Probably the, the one moment. I don't know if, did you see any of the pictures I posted on my personal Facebook page? Oh, uh, no. I will oh, have wait. to send. Oh, maybe early on I did. I didn't see that. I'll have to send you one. I posted them last night. The, um, the, the best moment was in this retreat center that they have, which is just outside of Palm Springs in the hot desert Springs, California. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's desert, it's barren, rocky area. And mm-hmm. they've, he, he's created one of the people who owns this land had created really an oasis in the midst of that with date palms and all the rest. And he's outfitted the facility to host church retreats. And so they've had other churches mm-hmm. there, but this is the first one that the Samia, the home church has oh. actually had. Oh. And uh, just outside of the meeting building, I was looking and he's wired in a drinking fountain. Oh, I, for, I did see that. You see this picture? That's right. I sent this one to you. Yeah. He wired in a drinking fountain. And the drinking fountain is literally sitting on a rock yeah. uh, that he's got there. And so I, I sent, the, I remember now I sent the text to you and said, uh, live look into Exodus 17, uh, where the water is coming from the rock mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. And uh, when I pointed it out to Raul, he said, oh, that was an accident. That's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to put rocks all around it. So he's, gonna, <laughs> he's going to give us a... I think one a, rock works pretty well. Physical representation of Exodus 17 yeah. now he's going to do, but... But it was a great time. It, they had better than expected attendance, and um, the weather was absolutely perfect. And uh, Samia is wonderful with their hospitality. And I know we have several regular listeners uh, with the Samia Church, folks wanting to work on their English. So let's just take a moment to ponder that for a minute, Mike. <laughs> they they want to listen to the learn about the Bible and work on their English. Oh, so they listen to I, us. <laughs> I know. So that's amazing. That's dangerous. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I. I listen. I think about my English as second language students and thinking, I need to enunciate better <laughs> and complete sentences. 
Uh, I made some joke about having a voice for or having a face for radio, and uh, one of them said, "I don't even have a voice for radio." So <laughs> that's why I do the technical stuff over here with the soundboard. <laughs> the other end of the microphones, exactly. But uh, but no, it was a it was a great trip all the way around. Great to spend time with that uh, that church that has found their way into my heart in so many ways. Mm. And uh, were there really twelve extra baskets of bread after lunch? Twelve extra baskets of bread, and I don't know how he's going to fix the hole in the roof where they let that guy <laughs> down. I mean, that's going to cost I don't know how much. But uh, uh, wow, but yeah, the crowds were pressing against me. It was something. It was really Sounds well, epic. Epic. Someone said. How do, how, what was it like? I said, well, you know, they actually believe I'm amazing, and it's fun to hang out with people that think you're amazing. It's just, it's it's good for the soul. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I bet, yeah. And one of my church members said, you mean we don't do that? I said, you know, you could work on it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, you know. They, they rented me a convertible. <laughs> that's right. They did actually rent me a convertible. So that was nice. So I, I was living California life there last week. That was fun. But uh, Oh, that's good. Yeah. Back to reality. That's great. So, so you so, were out in the wilderness. That's uh, I was literally in the wilderness, yeah. Or <laughs> as I'm seeing interpreted on some of the tests I was creating <laughs> this week, uh, or jungle or jungle? For- forest. <laughs> <laughs> I had not encountered those interpretations of wilderness. I had I got that a lot actually. Really? I never yeah. got that. But that makes yeah, sense. That was... But I'd never gotten jungle before. That was Yeah, I got was, jungle yeah. and forest with the oh, two. That okay. I got. Yeah. I had not mm-hmm. received yeah. Okay. So I was like, no, it's it's d- desert. It's <laughs> desert. It's not jungle. Depends on where you're coming from. <laughs> I guess that's right. Yeah. Very interesting. The untamed I was just thinking now, if you're doing a Bible translation in an area that is you know, it was, it was the, if the forest was a place, if the jungle was a place you feared, mm-hmm. that would work. Mm-hmm. You know, if that was a place of unrestrained mm-hmm. chaos, I suppose that could be a dynamic translation for mm-hmm. it. Well, jungle, forest, uh, classroom. Yeah. Classroom. Any place <laughs> where there's no order. Yes. yes. <laughs> beyond outside of civilization. Exactly. Yeah. So, All right. Cool. Well, we clearly have nothing to say. Let's go to <laughs> Jeremiah. Okay. Jeremiah 29, 1, and then 4 to 7. Mm-hmm. These are, well, some of the words of the letter, apparently. Yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people, whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> not yet. No, no, oh. no. Stop it. Oh. oh, I thought these you're were not, your favorite verses. You're not going to ruin this for me. Okay. You're not going to ruin it for me. Okay. <laughs> well, don't, don't tempt me. No, Get no, behind it won't me. happen. <laughs> <laughs> Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Yeah, what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Yeah. These are easily the best verses in the book of Jeremiah. Um, not twenty nine eleven, 11. Um, although everyone, I mean, that obviously twenty nine eleven is Jeremiah's most marketable verse. Like mm-hmm. that's the verse mm-hmm. that, you know, he could send on all of our congratulations to the graduate and keychains mm-hmm. and checkbook covers and financial planners and all the rest. But um, <laughs> verse seven, verse seven is the best in all of it. Uh, but yeah, this, this is Jeremiah's letter to the exiles or the beginning of it. Uh, he wrote to, well, it's accomplishing a lot of things, but this is basically his advice to the people that are going off into exile with Nebuchadnezzar in uh, 597. Mm-hmm. This is, Right after the chapter when the false prophet has said, you know what, you're just going to be there two years, so so hang, you know, don't get, don't unpack, basically, it was his, his yeah. advice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, God told Jeremiah, I didn't tell him that, um, get back in there and <laughs> so the guy fix was saying, that problem. Don't worry, we'll retreat to the temple. They'll never touch they, the temple. They'll never touch the temple. No, this is, this is, um, this is his advice. And so, so that's sort of the context of verses four and five is they, the people have just heard, you know what? Don't unpack. Won't be that long. 
God's going to break the yoke of Babylon. And Jeremiah says, no, 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 no. Unpack, build houses, buy, don't rent, um, plant gardens because you're going to be there long enough to see them come to fruition, mm -hmm. uh, have kids, and you know what? Grandkids even Ooh, uh, while right. you're there. there so it's going to be a while while you're there. Mm. So, so this is part of that. I also think verse four is important because it's, it's the beginnings of what I think transitioned Judah to the pure monotheism that we know after the exile. When he says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. The, the uh, natural assumption would be that Marduk just beat Yahweh, mm -hmm, right? Because mm -hmm. Babylon fights Yahweh. Babylon, Marduk is the God of Babylon. Yahweh is the God of Israel. And so anytime two nations fight, those two gods fight, clearly Marduk's stronger. God comes back and goes, no, 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 no. I'm the one in charge of this. Um, it's not Marduk. Nebuchadnezzar is my servant, which is what he says in chapter 25, hmm. um, that I am the one who is, who is doing this. And, uh, and so don't, don't, don't think Marduk in this. Um, this is yeah. about me. And, I, and so I think you start to see the people go, yeah, you're right. God did this, not Marduk. In fact, there is no Marduk. I mean, that's the next mm -hmm. step in that, mm -hmm. in that process. But verse 7 to me is, is the most beautiful because the translation, though, can be a little bit uh, misleading because 29.7, here, seek the welfare, seek the good of the city. Anyway, the benefit of the city. The first two parts, I think you can understand, that part is the weird one because... You know, you understand you're going to be there a while, so unpack. You're going to be there a while, so build a house. But all of a sudden, God's saying, do what you can to help the city do well. Mm. I mean, that's that's odd. You, mm -hmm. you might expect, um, you know, do what you can to subvert them, passive resistance, you know, stage your sit-ins, mm -hmm. file protests, bring down the cruel polytheistic, you know, Babylonian empire, whatever means you can, but peacefully, but, you know, whatever means you can. That's not what God says. And yeah. God says seek the welfare of the city. And, and I think that the problem here is the translation, because if you look at the Hebrew, that word that is translated welfare in verse seven is shalom. Mm. It is literally seek the shalom of the city where I have sent you for in its shalom, okay. you find your shalom. There you go. And so when you think of shalom and understand that as, you know, not just the peace that we typically translate it as, but that that wholeness of human flourishing, the completeness mm -hmm. of what it is mm -hmm. to be the person God has called you to be, that that is shalom, then it is, it, it, it's like this mission that you have is not, the, the exile is not a timeout. It's not that Israel has been bad and so they're sent into exile for 70 years and then when they come back, we can get back to work. Mm -hmm. It is, you know what, you could not speak for what it was to be my people while you had the land let us see if you can speak for what it is to be my people now that you're in captivity. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you don't get to retire or take a time out from bearing witness to uh, what God is envisioning for human life and that hmm. shalom. Hmm. Um, you seek, now that you are in captivity, seek the shalom there in captivity, because in seeking other people's shalom, you'll find yours. And by the way, this is what makes, verse 7 is what makes verse 11 actually a decent verse. Verse 11 2911 is not about the, uh, you know, how to make a real killing in the stock market. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, neither is about how to succeed in your undergraduate. Um, I know the plans I have for you, plans for your shalom and not uh, for harm. Mm -hmm. Verse 7, he gave you the plan for your shalom. The plan for your shalom is to seek the shalom of others. Mm. Um, mm. If you seek the shalom of others, you'll find your shalom there. Uh, your your purpose, your human, your flourishing. Flourishing is my favorite translation of that word because it's it is that sense of what being what God created mm. you to be. Mm -hmm. That is shalom. Yeah, and uh, and so that's why I love this verse. I mean, because I've seen so much of this work out in people's callings. You know, in seeking other shalom, they find purpose and wholeness for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, that's good. Well, that's 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 helpful. I mean, shalom is helpful. I like that. Yes. I like that. I like that. Because yeah. it's because there's a sense of justice in that too. You're Correct. Not, it's not just Correct. something, you know, seek the profit of the city. Right. That's not improve current conditions. Like, well, current conditions aren't so so just, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the the sense is, I mean, this has been interpreted in that, you know, you help them do well, because if they do well, you know what? You'll do well. Mm -hmm. Um you know, assimilate right into the Babylonian economy and you'll do great. And that is not the message of yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, know? no, no, that's right. The, 
the the mission that you have had to speak prophetically into the world to bring God to the world Israel's you know role to be a light unto the nations hasn't changed they couldn't do it with the land now we'll see if you can do it without the land so I mean mm-hmm. it doesn't matter I mean the message here it doesn't matter your condition in life you have a call to speak God's Shalom in the world and in speaking to that Shalom and others you'll find that Shalom in yourself mm-hmm. that's that's a there's a sense of call here not a sense of uh, I don't know how to how to do well, because I mean, you think about it, if you think it's about like prosperity and you read twenty nine eleven and you realize it's coming in the letter to the exile. I mean, you would have to go, God, this plan is stupid. I mean, I'm being ripped from my land and mm-hmm. let off into captivity naked. This is your plan to prosper me. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> not, my plan to prosper you is for you to seek my vision for humanity mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. And you do that wherever you are. Yeah. And uh and so I do. I just love this passage for that reason. Well, that's that good. sense of calling in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when properly understood, I am yeah, not always for biblical voting guides, but I think I <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My um, when I think about this, it's so funny. When in its shalom, you know, in its shalom, you will find your shalom. I, I have seen that, like, and and this is one of those times I think very much of the calling my wife has in chaplaincy. Because she found her way to chaplaincy because of her experience with her father's death. Um, mm. she, was, she was grieving. It was incredibly hard. And, and really, chaplaincy was a place where she found ministry that, that was truly honest and vulnerable. And, and people were, exa- you know, people are never more who they are than in a moment of crisis like that. And mm-hmm. she liked that. There's no pretense. There's no putting on airs in the emergency room. This is who people are. And and she liked that kind of honesty. And in helping other individuals find peace in that circumstance, she found peace in regard of her own life with regard to the death of her father and, and many of the elements of grief in her own life. So mm. it's, it's, it's such a, I've seen such healing. And I, you know, how many alcoholics do you know that start becoming leaders in AA and helping people come through it and, and finding healing themselves and helping other people mm, find mm-hmm. their way. And so, and when I see yeah, that yeah. in it's Shalom, you will find your Shalom. I, I just, I've seen that so many times in people's callings mm-hmm. that, that they find healing and helping others find healing. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's good. So, that's good. I so, yeah. I stopped at Love seven. That yeah. That's but, a good place. I mean, that's fine. Is it going to keep going next week? I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, that's as good. That's, you don't need to. That's good. <laughs> it's all there. It's all, it's all, you know, it's all right there. Let's see. Yeah. We're going to keep going. Yeah. We're going to the, we're going to the book of comfort next week. Oh, so that's good. oh. yeah. Jeremiah yes. has a book of comfort. Jeremiah's book of comfort. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> that's never going to die. It's just, you always bring it was, up. <laughs> well, I just mentioned that it's a book of comfort. So <laughs> I only brought it up for two years and you're still bringing it up. I don't understand. <laughs> Sometimes I don't get you. <laughs> oh, wow. What was I going to say about that? Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. know. It was probably oh, brilliant. Oh, we were talking about, um, well, we were talking about Shalom yesterday in class. We were talking about ex- oh, yeah. expectations of the coming of the kingdom in the first century mm-hmm. in the diverse spectrum mm-hmm. that in the midst of that diversity, you had at least two common elements and that is that it's going to be universal every it's going to it's going mm-hmm. to encompass the earth in some fashion some mm-hmm. people thought you know for good the knowledge of the lord will uh, encompass the earth but uh, others thought yeah, that's going to be good for us and bad for everyone else you know right like, right you're living out in the desert as because you're the you're, you're the you're the true yeah. israel <clears throat> yeah so god's going to stoke the fires of hell with the gentiles and those compromised jews in jerusalem you know right but um the second one was uh, shalom. It's a uh, it'll be characterized by peace with justice, and uh, mm-hmm. and I think I didn't have the word shalom. I just had it'll be characterized by peace with justice. And I said shalom, and then someone said justice in what sense? In what in what sense? And I, and I never asked. No one ever asked that question. I yeah, go, that's. I'm nice. thinking. I'm trying to think of a limitation on that. It's like uh, in every sense. What think of a context in, in every context yeah. that's broken and misshapen and and uh, out of balance and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no longer will there be a few people, you know, at the top feasting in a in, in the majority of people at the gate perishing, you know, the, which is right. a very, very bottom heavy society. Um, you know, just all 
I could could have asked for ideas, but it was an interesting discussion because it never no one ever asked that way. I think a person was actually just trying to be a little bit contrarian, just because that's their default mode. As, right. as I get to know this person, which can be good to have those people in class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that helps. Yeah, um, because it lets you articulate these ideas, which you never yes took that moment to articulate in quite that way right. before. Right. Yeah. 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 That's why teachers say they learn so much by teaching. Right. You know, from the class. Right. So it was an interesting discussion. Yeah. Well, Shalom. you know, it's funny because justice and and the New Testament, justice and righteousness are the same word. Um, mm-hmm. But in the Old Testament, justice and righteousness are two separate words. And justice is usually applied to society. So that justice is when social relationships are functioning the way that brings shalom, wholeness mm-hmm. and fullness. Uh, righteousness is when everything is functioning. about <laughs> the person, everything is functioning the way that God would have it to be. So, I mean, righteousness is probably closer to diakasunoi in the New Testament mm, than, uh, yeah. than uh, justice, than Shafat is in the Old Testament. Shafat, Shafat is yeah. just a little, Shafat's just a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I like that. I mean, I think Shalom, you know, having remembering that Shalom is the calling in our lives here, and I would argue hereafter, <laughs> is, I mm. mean, that's the point of all of this, is God's kingdom shape us and mm-hmm. and yes and the goal of the shaping is shalom fullness wholeness wellness actually the word the god of the canaanite god shalom which is from the same root word is mm-hmm. the god of healing oh um so i mean it's the same that sense of wholeness and wellness and mm-hmm. health and yeah in every sense is where that word well that's from. where we were going yesterday we we're, we're going to uh i had a students do a worksheet of a of all the healings in matthew and then we we're looking at healings as an example of uh you know, the the social dimension, the restorative dimension beyond yeah. the biophysical that that we tend to as twenty first century um, readers simply miss, and and that's right. often if you look at how the story is told, that is the point of the story. That the point of the story is yeah. not the physical you know, as much as yeah you know. yeah how, how a person is restored to society. Gary mm-hmm. Gary the Garrison demoniac yes. gets to go home, doesn't <laughs> right. doesn't follow Jesus away from home, but is sent home. And, you know, the unclean woman who touched Jesus is in secret is made public to restore, you know, so that's, it's, it's, it is typically the exam, the point of the, the telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can see mm-hmm. that the, uh, the kingdom is breaking in, in these dramatic ways, mm-hmm. but there's this other dimension that we need to lay hold of. And it's, it, they needed, they were making that emphasis in the first century, probably because people do chase after the obvious, even though they're, yeah. they're more attuned to grasping that other dimension. We're really at a disadvantage. Yeah, we really miss it. Um, yeah, so that was an interesting, interesting class. Plus, it was illustrated with Legos. So, Lego, oh, well, that helps. The brick, yeah, the Lego yeah. drama. Yeah, it's it's probably something that even I mean, Jesus was fighting against in John with the. I was just thinking the way the feeding is told in John mm-hmm. is you just wanted the food. Yeah, it's like this was not about food. Why did, why would you think this was about food? Yeah, uh, like, all the well, food because yeah, the food probably made me think that no, yeah. there's more at stake than the food. I mean, it's there's more at stake than the healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or a bigger understanding of healing. Yeah, the yeah, more, right. more encompassing. Yeah, right. That's a good verse. I know That's you great, like that verse. Stuff. I don't think I, I ruined did. it. I feel like I haven't done my job, but okay. You haven't. You haven't. You can ruin the psalm though. I'm the contrarian. I'm the contrarian <laughs> in your classroom. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. All right. How about I read a psalm? That sounds like fun. Psalm 66, 1 to 12. Make a joyful make a joyful noise to God, all the all the earth. Make a joyful noise. Make it sound like words. Make it sound like words, Mike. Make a joyful noise. Wow, I'm having trouble with the word joy tonight. Joyful. Well, there's there's something there. We don't have time to unpack Mm. all that. But go ahead. Trouble with joy. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. I started to talk like a, like a skateboarder. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> but I tried to pull it back. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you. Sing praises to your name. Selah. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds among mortals. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him who rules by his might forever, whose eye keeps watch on the nations. Let the rebellious not exalt themselves. Selah. 
Bless our God, O peoples, let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You have brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. So this is a book two psalm and uh, part of the Elohistic Psalter. So you might have noticed a lot of God there and mm. not a lot of the Lord there mm -hmm. as you went through it. Um, psalm 65 is interesting because it starts with Zion and moves to God's universal power. 66 flips that and, and moves and starts with the universal emphasis and moves more particularistic at the end. We only have the first 12 verses here. I believe there's 20 total for this psalm. Hmm. Um, it, it is, uh, but it's fun to have that universal part uh, where God is over all the earth, as you were talking about. Um, mm -hmm. We have the allusion to crossing, turning the sea into dry land. I, one of the commentaries I read said, now we don't know what specific event is being referenced. No, you got to be kidding. But it does evoke the Exodus. Yeah. Does does it? Does it? Ooh, a careful reader will note. <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, amongst all the other seas turning to dry yes. land events, yes. this is does, one. Does God ever bring that up? Yeah, like every conversation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, remember that time? Remember that time? <laughs> yes. Which one, oh God? No, we don't, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Absolutely Based on our right. actions, no, but tell us again. Yeah, please. The um, so, but I think then if if we are right in reading that that is an Exodus illusion, let's test out that theory. Uh, that you might say the word testing might allude to the testing in the uh, wilderness. Mm, that word masa mm, is the place where that occurred. Mm, uh, and then of course, um, bringing going through fire and water and bringing it to the spacious place in allusion to mm -hmm. promised land. Yeah. Um. I think that is probably a fine reading of that text, that that's what's going on. It makes there. sense. Um, I do. It was funny what you just said about, you know, based on our actions, we don't remember you. Uh, um, I love, let me find it really quick. Um, where is it in? Oh, there it is. Verse, oh, verse six. That's why I missed it. Um, he turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him. So it moves from third person to first person. Hmm. And I really think it's neat that you get that because that is very much the way memory and and covenant function in the mind of ancient Israel. And that is that, yes, it was they who did it, but we were participants uh, mm, in that at the yes. same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the purpose of the Passover meal was to right. associate yourself with that event in right. a way that you experienced it. And so you see that right here in this Psalm mm -hmm. of, uh, of mm -hmm. there, they went through on foot. We rejoiced in him yeah. um, as yeah. though we were there. So right. that, I think that's a neat, uh, that's good illustration of that yes. uh, and then of course it happens again you let the people right over heads we went through the fire you have brought us out to the spacious place um, mm -hmm. god tested us i mean it goes right to first person all the way through there so it's it's uh, a neat pivot that is that's great huh that's a good, uh, in good liturgical it is hack <laughs> it is <laughs> liturgical hack liturgical hacks yeah well, that's meals, meals, uh, you know, when the people have got mm -hmm. to have a meal, they're not just eating. That's know? right. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. Yeah. Sometimes they are just eating. Uh, not if, you do it, if we do it right, we're there. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't have a lot more to say about this. I mean, that's, it's a... What is the image nice or the idiom, you let people ride over our heads? What is that? What's the I, image there? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I was, in fact, I was going to look that up. Well, I, I didn't think about that until I just saw it. And so I was going to look up and see literally like how I've it's translated. I encountered that from time to time, but I don't clearly know what it means. I was going skateboarding before. Maybe this is BMX sort yeah. of stuff here. I don't know. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah. You gave people for, oh, oh, well, okay. When I see it written out, um, I would probably have translated that, um, well, no, there it is. It is mountain or ride, Rakhav, that you uh, wouldn't be like chariots bearing down on them or something like you, that. Yeah, you drove, you drove uh, peoples to our to our heads. You drove, you drove, hmm. you drove others to. Yeah, the word Rosh is head, but it could also be like chiefs and leaders. And so I sometimes wonder if maybe hmm. it's 
you let other people ride over our leaders. Doesn't um, sound good in any translation. It, it seems it seems as though it is an image of subjugation. That that is the yeah. where I would read yeah. that idiom. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The specific reference I don't know. Yep. That's yeah. A good question. Well, we'll look that up later. In case anyone needed evidence that we don't prepare before we do no, this kind of thing. No, not immediately. I mean, all of our lives, yes, but not immediately before the broadcast. Mm-hmm. We've been preparing all our lives. Uh, the Second Kings, if people are scrolling through the alternative text, <laughs> as you're reading, yes. as I'm assuming people are doing, Second Kings 5, uh, the healing of uh, Naaman. Norman. Uh, Norm- yeah. Norman. Norman. <laughs> yes. Is it Norman? Is that what <laughs> no. Norman. Uh, and, oh, it's some... It's some uh, Little person read that in church that way? Yes, yeah. yes. It was, uh, it was Children's Sunday, and the child read it that way. Okay. So. Uh, little people, am I right? Um, yeah. That's a. I think there's echoes of that in the uh, Luke 17 story. So, if uh, oh, okay, people so just take a note that yeah, uh, yeah, I might think about that. Well, that is the difference I learned from a uh, my our one of our Episcopalian friends that uh, the consecutive readings do not necessarily connect to the New Testament readings. However, that would be a miracle. The topical topical readings, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the second on the list, Second Kings and Psalm one eleven, do connect Uh uh, intentionally with the New Testament readings. So, Uh, mm -hmm. so that's the reason that it should have echoes. Yes, there. See what is Psalm one eleven about? Okay. Uh, na- the nations. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think they're. I think they're usually going for the gospels. Uh, yeah, they are. Connecting. They're aiming at the gospels. Yeah. 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 So are you. So. Well. But in spite of that, let's do okay. Second Timothy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Second. Wonderful introductions that Paul gets. Second Timothy two eight to five, fifteen. Remember Jesus, remember Jesus Christ? Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that time we were at the, the sea, the Red Sea. Mary, Mary's kid? Sure. <laughs> Whatever happened to him? <laughs> okay. You know, that's, uh, you, you, you said you haven't spent much time in Nazareth, but that's what the, if you spend time in Nazareth, it's all about Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always yeah, yeah. like, it's Is not it? about Jesus in, Mar- in Nazareth. Mary's? You know, Jesus is Mary's kid. He got arrested. Really? really? <laughs> the one that got arrested? Jesus? Mary. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, remember Jesus. Okay. That's probably that's probably uh, imperative more than it is a question. I'll yep. have, I didn't get to the see. This is in Spanish, so I didn't see the punctuation mark at the beginning. So I should probably read it differently. <laughs> yes. Uh, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure, if we've died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Didn't see that coming. Hmm. For he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this. Warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good, but only ruins those who are listening. (laughs) (laughs) There's a message there for us. Uh, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. (laughs) Wrangling over words. That was a reject. And we did not go with that title. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) We ruined those who are listening. (laughs) This just got real. That's a little close to home. That verse, yeah. that, that one hurts. Like someone was bullet whizzes by, like that was meant for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have been the target of that. So, uh, I could think of a few commentaries that have. <laughs> yeah. To. Yes. Uh, I'm just remembering Jesus while I, while I'm not talking here. Uh, this this does obviously. Yeah, someone might sense that there's a, some sayings quoted here. Yes. <laughs> by Paul, if <laughs> I might hazard that. That uh, thesis, uh, one it, might one might think, yeah, yeah. This does seem confessional uh, language, and as I mm-hmm. read this this morning, which is really what this is all about, as you'll notice, the, the common theme in my comments is like, "Here's what I was thinking about right. when I read it recently." Right, right. <laughs> it's like reading a student paper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> the narrative. Here, my journal th- of preparing to write your, my homework for you. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, it, it did. I mean, and and when I say that, it means the the, the depths that I've the new depths I've discovered. Right. I think, yes, I, I yes, don't yes, think yes. I've read this in a while, 
but I have it does I do think it might be evoking two confessions here. One would be baptismal. Um typically when Paul talks about one's confession, one's faith, they're talking about a time you've done that publicly, public mm-hmm. confession. And uh, we are all about um, personal testimony in the sense mm-hmm. of more my personal story. But almost always that's what they're pointing to, this, uh, this drama of redemption, you know, that you go through this ritual and you make this public confession. And, and the symbolism and the depth of, of meaning in that you return to that uh, again and again. Um, gosh, I'm just, as I'm saying that, I'm, I'm thinking of who it's some story or was it a film where someone is condemned to death, criminal, and someone ministers to him and just says, remember your, remember your baptism. Mm. It's like, wow, that's all you need. If you, you know, that's, that's a lot of analogs to remembering the Exodus, you know, right? which we don't. You know, maybe maybe we need to hear that. Remember, remember your baptism. And uh, well, maybe I didn't think enough about my baptism and all that means. But I do think there's another bookend to that here, as Paul is either approaching um, a time of public confession or denial as he faces death, or mm-hmm. in the in the recent uh, recent history of someone writing um, to capture that uh, to capture mm-hmm. Paul's authoritative message. So that that's I don't know. There's something powerful about that. That seems like that mm-hmm. uh, that would. That's, I got a little goosebumps when I thought about that. Yeah. You know, there's a, uh, and I think everyone in a sense, gosh, like I think I'm getting into sermon, you know, we all have that, you know, we all have to have that final, we're going to have to remember, you know, we all have our end of life. Where we're going to have to think about, you know, what, what is our faith here? It's in the sense of, uh, here it's in the sense of coercion and literal mm-hmm. sword, uh, mm-hmm. literal swords that might be, uh, present in the room where they're asking you to, uh, curse Christ and, and, uh, Offer something to uh, the gods uh, other than other than Christ, and one of them be, including a Roman emperor. Um, mm-hmm. This is probably not exactly that kind of thing that Paul would be facing in a Roman prison. Um, although in the Eastern Mediterranean, you would find that kind of issue um, because of the promotion of uh, imperial worship later uh, right. in that region. We were just reading um, also Pliny. Pliny the Younger, mm-hmm. um, who was talking about forcing Christians to do that sort of thing and executing them if they didn't, uh, writing to um, uh, Trajan. Trajan, yeah, Trajan, the early second century. So yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting thing as he's passing down this faith or this letter is is intended to capture that um, to evoke to evoke perhaps a baptismal confession as Paul is facing uh, execution, being faithful, you know, really the, the two, the beginning and the ending of his journey. It's, it's, I don't know, it just captured me. I didn't really go into any uh, mm-hmm. nuance of the text. Like, well, that's a big, uh, that's a big mm-hmm. pregnant picture context that uh, you can hear a lot there. Is the, the saying 11 through 13? I'm, I'm, yes, I think there's, um, the, the thing is, we don't know exactly how this was used or whether, to live. Right. we can't argue for that because we don't have these texts, right. but, but you, but also eight, eight, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, ascended of David. Yeah. This is formulaic. This is re- reminiscent of how Paul, um, begins things in, in Romans. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, this is reminiscent, this is reminiscent of parts of six in Romans. There's a lot of, uh, Pauline theology here and in, in context where he's, He's probably quoting uh, Christian confessions. Yes. So on. Well, yeah. I was just going to say that you. I. I think you could make the argument that verse eight is the saying, and verse eleven is a remembrance of that. He could be referring to that saying, and then eleven through thirteen could be Paul. I mean, he. he it could be certainly, certainly could write something that beautiful right that way. Yeah. It is. It is. You know, obviously, a highly structured and and yeah. and. Uh, and concise and yeah, but, he's, but it's, it, you know, yeah. I, I always want to be careful just because the tendency has been, if anything is highly structured, concise and beautiful, Paul couldn't have written that. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, all right. I'm willing to concede that Paul could use yeah. early Christian confessions and hymns, but I also want people to concede Paul was an incredibly yeah. gifted orator and could say something. That's true. That's he could true. write, he could write first Corinthians 13. Yes. That doesn't have to be a hymn. Right. That, 
Right. That could be Paul. Yes. So. Yes. I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm going to run it through a plagiarism check, but I'm going to keep an open mind. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Not going to grade this yet. Did we run this through Turnitin? Have his Paul's <laughs> yeah. first yeah. century Turnitin? Yeah. It's like, a, yeah, but they're quoting me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Where do you that. think that liturgical formula came from? <laughs> I founded that church. That's true. That's true. It's not like he's uh, he's uh, going back to Jerusalem to get his marching orders. Right. Yeah. So, I know. I was just, because at first I thought, well, that does sound like a nice formulaic, you know, liturgical lit- lit- litany. If we died with him, we live with him. If we mm-hmm. endure, we mm-hmm. will reign. If we mm-hmm. deny, he denies that we're faithless. He's faithful for he cannot deny himself. That certainly makes sense as a confession. Mm-hmm. But I also could easily see Paul yes. doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to shift from Paul to Paul here. Paul in high gear here, which I think yeah. he has that extra gear. I do too. Um, but it is, it's always interesting how we fill in and connect the dots, which are so far apart and, right. may, and maybe shouldn't be connected. Uh, I was listening to a, uh, there was a, a lecture series on campus um, that I'd that I had been missing because I'm not told about things. <laughs> right. Right. That happens. <laughs> Come on. If you were them and they were you, would you? Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, Oh, I'm going to get to it today. And then, but then I spent another, uh, it was during, it was at between my two classes, which are an hour apart, but I spent about a half an hour talking to students afterwards about their tests, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was good. I really needed to talk to certain people. They wanted to talk to me. It was a good time. Um, but underneath, I'm like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to get to hear the lectureship. But I got there for the last few minutes. And it's actually something I was kind of like, things aren't working out for me. Why can't I go to this lecture? I'm even trying to do, you know, the right thing, but I can't even get there. And But then I got there and I heard just the right thing. I answered a question oh, for, for me perfect. that I'd been pondering for, for many years. Uh, but then he had another point in his sermon, <laughs> which I should have left after that one. He's talking about uh, Pentecost, and uh, uh, it was a good. It was a good point. It's about how God wants to empower us, um, but He's not going to give us control. It was. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because this guy was a. Uh, he was a actually he's Foursquare, so was, he's charismatic, um, and uh, it was good though. It was really. I mean, not not good though. It was really good. <laughs> it was. I've now offended all of our. I, I spent a lot of time <laughs> in charismatic churches, and I spent yes, a lot of time in this denomination, which is it's a very good church in our. This town, I'm lit my hometown. It's Foursquare, very good church. But uh, this guy was from the Northwest. I'm not sure if he's from Canada, but really, man, it was good stuff. But he was talking about Pentecost and and uh, did, whether the people stayed or not, the pilgrims stayed or not. And I have a sense that many of them did, and that's why the church was yeah. so poor. But um, and he was suggesting that that they didn't, and and uh, and where did they go? You know, these people from all these different regions, and and. Uh, and then he got to Rome, and we don't know who planted uh, the church in Rome, so, it's, so it was probably one of those people. Right, there you go. <laughs> Just, uh, that was easy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> easy connection. Could have been. Could have been. That makes sense. But <laughs> that checks, but. checks out. <laughs> yeah. Based on my, my immense knowledge of history, that checks out. And that man's name. What, oh, no. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah. His name was John. Yeah. John and Maria, they started that first church in Rome. <laughs> yes. Od- odds are good. Odds are pretty good. Yes. <laughs> odds are good. Yeah. 25% of the women in Palestine were named Mary. Uh-huh. So right. there you go. Right. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, speculation that ruins people, according to Paul. <laughs> I mean, of course. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no good for the listener. The person's probably having a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does no good, but only ruins. Yeah, it is a good time doing that. Um, but this, this is also, um, addressing a, a, um, a heresy, people who are named by names and, um, in first, second and, and, uh, third Timothy, also known as Titus. Third, third Timothy, which is known as Titus. <laughs> yes. That was his short nickname. <laughs> I have theories. I have theories. Other yeah. Theories. You've got theories too. Everybody's yes. got theories. Yeah. I mean, not all scholars will tell you this, yeah. but. Yeah, so he's talked about that, and he's going to get back into that right up here. So th- there's there's multiple contexts here, but uh, mm-hmm. it seems to be some mm-hmm. creedal stuff. And and certainly remembering those foundational confessions would speaks to uh, those issues as well, um, reigning in uh, Gnostics. It's interesting because, you know, for some reason you were saying using these creedal confessions, and I was thinking about, you know, let's, let's you know, imagine that these are 
sayings in the church that were some of the first sayings people say after baptism. They're they're perhaps weakly used in in worship in some way. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I was just thinking of that, and I was thinking of Carl uh, Bart visiting the University of Chicago, and and our col- former colleague mm-hmm. in the audience when he was asked, "What's the most important?" At the end of your life, what's the most important theological truth you've ever encountered? And he was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the midst of looking for, you know, at the end of when he wants to leave someone, what's what's the most important thing I can leave with this group after my life's years of study? Uh-huh. He picks he picks something liturgical that he can express that yes. everyone that everyone has some association with. Mm-hmm. But we know that mm-hmm. he has a deeper association with that just made that association here. You know, Paul's near the end. What can I say? Well, this is what I will say. I mean, you hear, you hear all of this differently when you know this is a mm-hmm. person who dies a martyr's death. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Bart said it in German. It was a lot more scary. When, it was scarier in German. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Children's yeah, church should, is scary in German. <laughs> you, should, you should tell people that you love them every day, but you should shout it in German because life is unpredictable. <laughs> And, ter- and terrifying <laughs> and terrifying yes that was it that was it you say you should tell someone i love them every day because life is hard but you should also shout it in german because life's also scary and unpredictable so <laughs> yes and we'll, and now we'll send the children back to the nursery <laughs> that's right that's right now we've offended all the this is like the second time we've been down on german on this podcast this is like an anti-german language podcast they turn so. story time yeah oh man not true not true no no, Careful no. listener will know that we are t- tongue is firmly planted in cheek. One hopes. That's why I can't even pronounce things most of the time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, well, how about Luke 17? Okay. You've been looking forward to Luke yeah, 17. I liked reading it today. So Luke 17, 11 hence, to 19. Hence, it is a good passage. Hence, it's a good passage. I enjoyed it. The me-centric reading. <laughs> Verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, very narrow. Ten... It's, you can just a line it's on just, maps. Just, most most maps have it as a black just line. Just a very thin black line. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, "Jesus, Master, have mercy on us." When he saw them, he said to them, "Go and show yourselves to the priests." And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus, we didn't know that until verse 16. No. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Okay. Yeah, so I was going to say, Jesus is integrating uh, faith with uh, math there. Anytime, anytime yes. numbers came up, I would highlight that for my students, because that's a question we would be evaluating. Did he integrate it with other disciplines? Yes. Yeah. You, yes. Have tw- math. you have 12 tribes, and you take away 10 tribes. <laughs> it's a trick question. That leaves, so, that leaves three tribes. You think it's two. Yes, yeah, so it's three. <laughs> Or two and a half. <laughs> or two and a half. Plus, if you, it depends on how you want to count uh, yes. J- Joseph. Yes. But go ahead. Anyway, ah, that's Thanksgiving fine. Thanksgiving was messy. It was Judah. always hard. What? I just put 12 seats down. First 12 here, get them. <laughs> Dinah's in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, Someone, Levi. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. Levi didn't get a chair. So everyone give him a little bit on your plate. Everyone give a little bit of your plate. I feel this is a metaphor coming up. This is like a VeggieTale cartoon or something. Anyway. We're going deep with the be- the poor jokes. We make up with volume what we lack in That's right. wit. That's right. And concision. Um, this is, as everyone probably noticed, a major transition in the book of Luke. I noticed it. <laughs> yes. He's and, almost to Jerusalem. Yes. And 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 uh, at uh, 1928 will be the the definitive though debated, maybe not definitive, ending of his journey. <laughs> Definitives, <laughs> relatively speaking, yeah, except uh, from a I, scholarly perspective. You've got to write a lot of stuff in a book, and then it's not de- definitive. <sighs> but it is the end of the journey, and so this is the wrap-up of the, mm. of the journey. This is the, uh, this, you know those knuckleheads haven't gotten this. <laughs> they haven't right. made any progress, and, and it's almost as if... Um, the journey hasn't been alluded to much uh, along the journey. Uh, mm-hmm. Occasionally it has. 
the journey was um, begun uh, on the border of Samaria, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like it's like they haven't made much geographical they progress. Haven't gotten very far, yeah, have we? It's about nine, nine chapters later, um, or eight, and um, this is there's going to be a lot more geographical markers because you realize, oh, we are really getting close to the end, like. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the test, you're going to get a lot more reminders. Five more minutes, right? Ten more minutes. You know that sort of thing. It's so it is. It is. Uh, have you got it? Uh, you're going to be asked to to, to uh, think about what what Jesus has been teaching because it's been a, a journey of teaching and and uh, instruction for for followers who really don't understand him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> on the edge of Samaria, at the, it started at the outset. The uh, Samaritan village rejected Jesus, right? Because he was he, his face was towards Jerusalem. His face was towards Jerusalem. It was in a confrontational sense, like Ezekiel is, is called mm-hmm. to put his face toward Jerusalem. Um, in Ezekiel's Book of Comfort. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there have been so many. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's very famous. Yes, everyone was doing those. And um, it, like which is interesting. <laughs> they don't really understand Jesus. Jesus, they say, they reject him because they don't understand. They think... He's for them and and uh, not for us and and of course Samaria has its own temple mm-hmm. and they would say we are the well, faithful. Well, they yeah. used to. Yeah, used, used uh, to until it was destroyed by John Hyrcanus about a hundred years before this. Yeah, okay. They <laughs> but they still talk about it, you know, in terms of um, theologically. Right. They talk about it in the present tense. You know, this is yes. this is a lot more. This passage. What struck me. One of the things that struck me is that this passage is a lot more like John 4 than I'd ever realized, Jesus' conversation with the, mm. the woman at the well. It's not as obvious. Um, and uh, Yes, I'm not seeing it, yes, but I'm yes. looking forward to but, but, you helping me. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll get there eventually. Okay. Uh, this is very Luke, and we're not making much progress. Um, <laughs> so he's on the border. He hasn't seemingly hasn't gone that far. He might be skirting the border. And it, you don't know who he's with. You don't hear about the crowds and you don't know mm-hmm. who these lepers are. It's left ambiguous, you know, as borders are. Um, you, the turn, turning out to be a Samaritan who recognizes who Jesus is, is, is interesting in light of the emphasis on Samaritans at the beginning. The earlier rejection. Yeah. yeah. And, and that based upon a lack of understanding, it's not, it's not as though he's, he's all about, just about Jerusalem. Um, but anyway, he, in this context, uh, he, he uh, says, go to show yourselves to the priests. I thought I encountered commentaries that, oh, I know it was. It's earlier. Early, this is evocative of Jesus' early ministry in Galilee. I was, it's, it's interesting because uh, I'm thinking, I'm reminded of things I read about another healing of a leper earlier in Galilean ministry in Luke, mm-hmm. which says, go show yourselves to the priest. And it says, uh, as a testimony or witness to or against them. Okay. Mm. It gets very ambiguous. Okay. Mm. And I was listening for that here. I go, wait a minute, isn't that here? But it's because this is evoking that earlier story. This was some of the first things Jesus did. And of course, in his Nazareth sermon, he quotes mm. the uh, second Kings passage, which is the alternative um, thematic parallel that, mm-hmm. that uh, you might hear in some certain churches. Um, he heals them as saying that God is not, uh, yes, there were many lepers in Israel when the, during the time of Eli uh, Shah, but uh, God sent him to name in the Syrian to a, a Gentile, uh, extremely outside as a Gentile and a, mm-hmm. a leper. Um, so it's, it's intriguing that uh, there's so many echoes of his early ministry here. There's uh, and I, hmm, I remember reading that. Uh, I was actually just reading last night on this. And uh, there are uh, numerous echoes at the beginning of his ministry as he gets to the end of his journey. So really, yeah. those kind of are the bookends of his public ministry. Mm-hmm. You could say the the Jerusalem ministry is uh, a conclusion. Um, but to say, go and show yourselves to the priests, uh, and this guy turns out to be a Samaritan, is 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 ambiguous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, which which priest? Which priest uh, is which, he going to? Which worship yeah. center is he going to? Well, he's on the border. They could have got to either one. Well, that's true. I mean, we don't know. We don't know where they're going, but he has perceived something about Jesus. This is a perceptive Samaritan as opposed to those who rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, the perceptive people are typically the outsiders. He hasn't been able to point to 
insiders as as perceptive as, as getting and and more and more from this point on 17 uh, 18 the um the publican and the pharisee who are praying uh the widow and the judge um the people bringing people to jesus and his and his disciples saying why would he jesus want to interact with children well mm-hmm. those all those other times he interacted with children um yeah, yeah. um and the rich young ruler, and then um, Zacchaeus. It's all these people who are uh, examples of not getting there and getting. And it's typically an, a really uh, a social outcast or an outsider who mm-hmm. who perceives something about Jesus that he is he is in a profound sense how God saves. And returning to Jesus, there there are there's a little. Um, evoking notes. There's notes, as we were talking about last week, of a yeah. of a vintage. There's notes of temple here. There definitely are. Yeah. As you're on the border, you're on your you're on a pilgrimage to one temple, but you're passing by another people who say they're have you their know, other temple. Yeah, have their they have their own mountain. They have their own temple. Right. They have Pharisee. their own priesthood, right? I mm-hmm. I met the uh, the <laughs> the younger brother of the, yes, the high priest when I was in Samaria. Um so yeah, yeah it's uh this is what surprised me that it it, it evokes uh, the two temple sort of scenario and Jesus kind of marginalizing that when the Samaritan woman is says do you guys say worship on that temple we say worship mm-hmm. here and uh, and Jesus does clarify he wants to clarify an error that that salvation comes through the Jews but the time is coming and now is when those who you know worship God will worship in spirit and truth there's kind of a you know, as radical as John is, this is a little nod towards that kind of thinking. Yeah, it really is. Like you show yourself to the priest, but he returns and, and he doesn't need to and worships after that. Yeah, uh, he he recognizes that this is an appropriate place to worship God at the feet of there Jesus. Was a, there was a time when he would have worshipped in the temple, but now he can worship Jesus in spirit and in truth and go on his way made well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the language of foreigner here. Uh, was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? That's all the more interesting mm-hmm. when you think about the signs around the temple in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. written in three languages to keep foreigners out, so that they don't we don't have to so we don't have to kill you, right? You know, because you're foreign and unclean and you can't get close to our our holy God. Um, that's that's really interesting. And for me, as one who did. This is like, I've had this realization 10 seconds ago. For, for a person who's done a dissertation on the temple in Luke-Acts, yeah. that I never, I didn't deal with this text at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm... I'm it's not explicit. It's, it's... So I'm not surprised. Well, yeah, yeah. Now I'm, now you're thinking and maybe may, it is. And maybe, and because I'm, I'm really deep. I, I love John. I, I get deep into the temple stuff in John, and and I've gotten deep into the temple stuff in Luke. And maybe I wouldn't have heard that, but but mm. I was reading Joel Green, and he 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 brought this out this well, morning. Joel's good for that. Yeah, yeah. And I I I I think I would have hesitated prior. Going, hey, you might be reading too much in, but now now I think mm. I have the background to go. Oh yeah, no, that's. I think that's quite legitimate. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't quite see how it was how you test that out. Like, well, that makes sense, you know. You, mm-hmm. you test that out in the text. Um, in this context, I think that's a legitimate reading. That, uh, uh, particularly when you think about those traditions, those competing traditions, and and the uh, protections against foreigners, and and, the, the, and then you're protecting God from foreigners, okay? And it's yeah. the foreigners who are understanding how God is at work in the world. It's mm-hmm. it's almost it's almost a trope. It's almost a just conventional thing. Like it's always going to be some sort of marginalized outsider or marginalized insider, like uh, w- w- women or the younger uh, woman in the household, uh, Mary over against Martha or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the only people who've, who've grasped uh, the nature of the one they're following on this journey. So this is very, yeah, this is, uh, you know, and, and I'm thinking of, for some reason I've encountered all these, uh, how about all, maybe it's coming up in my, FaceTime feed these, I think this time of year is in, no, it wasn't this time of year. Anyway, I'm encountering a lot of images from, <laughs> from my trip to Israel or people I've, I went there with. So I've been thinking about yeah. Israel and, and Samaria in particular. Oh, I know I was teaching, I'm teaching a John class for our old university. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did John four. So I was sharing some of my pictures with the class at Jacob's ah. well. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is right across the street, which is in the West Bank, which tours, right. tours don't go to anymore. Right. Um, I wasn't allowed to go yeah. to Samaria. My yeah. brother has gone, but yeah. I have not gone, which is not a source of jealousy or problem for me at all. I'm over that, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
And for me, that was the big, that was the best day of my trip because I'm, that's probably one of my favorite first mm -hmm. uh, chapters. And, but it's right across the street from, um, Palestinian refugee camp. That is, yep. um, the most violent or be, it became the most violent. It, 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 the, the, it's really, it's, it's, it's basically a prison. Um, and it, it was a, a lockdown situation. It gave rise, the violence there gave rise to the second intifada. Um, mm -hmm. It's so dramatic that that is right across the street from and Jacob's well. Ha and half of that camp sits on the ancient tell, El Samaria. Mm -hmm. um, so, I yeah. mean, that's the, that it's, you're right. And it's Jesus says, irony. we have to go through Samaria in John. He's not skirting, mm -hmm. he's not skirting the border in John. He's going through it. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, mm -hmm. man, that's, that's a pregnant uh, sort of thing to reflect upon if you're with a group yeah. there. You know. yeah. Anyway, I'm uh, arranging wide. So when I said I was interested in this in our pre-broadcast pre conversation, it's like, that's because it just evokes all these things for me, yeah. you know, experiences and previous research and stuff. But I think there's so, quite legitimate that we have a kind of two, two mountains, two worship centers, two peoples. There's, there's a lot of reverberations of these, this, uh, the closest foreigners that they have and who they're arguing with as imperial are the Samaritans. Yeah. So I, I have a question for you that yeah. was an important question for me when I heard a sermon preached on this passage when I was a child. I still remember the sermon, and I still remember this question. So are you ready? <laughs> Not clearly, no. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> did, did the other nine become lepers again? Yes. Jesus just, thought, yeah, you know. <laughs> Can't hold it against him, really. <laughs> no, did that sermon say that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So we're was... not ten made clean. The other nine, where are they? That that because this one had mm -hmm. his faith made him well. The others got sick. It's cons consistent Again. with certain Christian theologies. I think that's right. <laughs> I think might have right. been Chris. Might have been consistent with what they taught. <laughs> might have been. Might have been. <laughs> I've been in some Baptist churches where you know. That's, I'm, I'm not going to say much more about that, but yes, that, that, that would be in keeping with yes. the theology of this. Don't want to yes. confuse people. Yeah. Right. You can't walk away from Jesus and not have gnar Get away gnarly skin, <laughs> not break out with acne. Yeah. And I suppose the people who left the feeding of the 5,000 got hungry again. They but, did. Uh... I drank from Jacob's well. I got, I got thirsty again, but Jesus said that yeah. would happen. And <laughs> he prophesied that that would happen, and it did that day. <laughs> that's why, and I think our tour guide knew that's why we went to a Palestinian brewery, microbrewery. Oh, there, there you go. Well, that's, well, <laughs> as Jesus would have. Um, and it, I'll tell you what it says on the coffee mug I got there later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. I don't want to get, well, I don't want to get political. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think There's that's one been made thing clear over learned. the past nearly three years of this podcast. Yes. Uh, no. One thing we've learned is right. you're not political. Yes. So, geez. And All and right. to, and to have your faith made you uh, made you well. Um, that is overlaps with the language of uh, salvation. I mean, salvation. Mm -hmm. We talked about um, you know healing as as inclusive. Salvation is. It, that's typically a word for being preserved uh, physically. Um, uh, physical uh, preservation often that's probably the word the word is used more often than not that way in the in the broader greek literature so it's mm -hmm. kind of um so you have echoes of salvation here for sure your faith has made you well yeah it's inclusive yeah luke luke does that a lot forgive with the yeah for the ambiguity of Sozo. Well, and they would think about, and, and you think about um, anointing the sick and saying their sins are forgiven. They think about healing as forgiveness, physical restoration, social restoration. And that's why it's like, what's James talking about? Sin's forgiven. What? Mm -hmm. You're talking about if we're just here for the fever the person has. Like, <laughs> no, that's not it. Yeah. Yeah. Ow. Well, thanks for listening this week. Hope that you have had a good week. Hope that you have gleaned something. Some really fun texts. This has been, mm -hmm. a, I've enjoyed this week. I yeah. Know other people yeah. Have. It's interesting stuff. Hope you'll like us on Twitter and follow us on Facebook where you will find out those announcements like, oh, there is no podcast oh, this week. It's or, not supposed oh, it's to sound only like white that. Voice. Or it's not supposed to sound like it's that. It's not supposed That's to right. sound like cats fighting in a paper, <laughs> paper bag. 
Although, if you'd like it, we can keep that one up there as a special uh, pop-up podcast. For, sleep, white noise. for sleepy time. For the kids. Exactly. When the kids, kids. got to go to sleep. For the kids. Both of those places you can find us at Reading in Church. But other than that, have a great week. Have a great week. Blessings. Blessings. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today.